Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Whatever walk in ministry that you have um, in this work, whether it be preaching or teaching, um, eldering or deaconing, um, or serving in any kind of capacity, uh, if it's podcast, social media, if you are putting things out there, you want to listen to your closest ally. You want to have good feedback from people. You want to hear and listen to what they have to say. King Solomon understood that um, an excellent wife, as he said, was far more precious than jewels, Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer understood that too, even though he never married. When teaching his seminary students about preaching, he spoke of the priceless value of a wife's ser- sermon. Uh, he said, "He said the preacher has a right to know whether God's word was audible in his sermons, and the task of the preacher's wife is to perform this service. The preacher must seek it." And he said, "Thank God if you have a wife who genuinely can criticize you." In Ephesians chapter five, we're told very specifically that wives are to respect their husbands, and so it would be the case that a wife would need to do this in a way that is respectful, but also in a way that's very real. Um, maybe maybe you've been preaching a very long time uh, in the pulpit. H- how is your wife? How does she respond to you? Uh, I've heard some preachers say over the years that they would not know what to do without their wife, that they have been a rock, a, a bedrock, if you will, a place, a respite, a haven, where they, um, they could not do what they do without their wives. And then I've heard some preachers never acknowledge their wives. And so it could be relationship to relationship, and it could be very different. But as a preacher of the New Testament church, if you do have a wife or if you are working in any kind of ministry, of course an elder or a deacon will be married, but if you're a preacher or working in any ministry where you don't have a wife, consider your closest ally. And if you're able, ask a, ask a female to get a female's perspective. And we'll get into that in just a second. But, but after a while, as you preach and teach the gospel, um, there are some folks who cannot stand you and uh, they will be long gone. Perhaps you will outlive them. Uh, But most of the rest of the church will have adjusted to you, appreciating your strengths, accepting your weaknesses, you know, maybe not wanting to be hurtful, or thinking that it's useless anyway. Uh, They're not going to be able to or willing to give a constructive critique of your preaching. That's why a wife who speaks the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15, proves so valuable for strengthening the hearts of those who uh, God is using through the preaching of his word. So let's consider the wife's perspective for those of you who are married. What makes a wife's perspective so valuable? Well, let me give you three big reasons as to why that is. Number one, it's because she sees life and hears sermons from a woman's perspective, and you are going to be preaching to women. Your wife brings a viewpoint that reflects many other women who generally comprise at least half of the congregation, if not more if not 70%, and so her sensitivities will pick up on things that men overlook or dismiss. Seeking her input on your sermons will make your sermons more balanced and believable, especially to women in your congregation. The same goes for any work that we do in the kingdom. If you're an elder, ask your wife. Pray that she is a godly wife. Pray that she is one who is without reproach or she is in some way uh, just as blameless as you are, and I trust that she is. Ask her for help. Ask her for critique. Ask her for sensitivities that you do not know. 
men and women are wired differently. That is true. God knows how we're wired, and he has wired us such, and so it would behoove us to learn each other. And especially in regards to ministry, is what I'm doing appealing to the opposite sex? Am I, in some way, being insensitive to someone, uh, maybe when I deal on topics of rape or abortion, uh, or the women's role in the home and in the church and in the world, per se? Uh, what are what are some things that you can boldly proclaim the truth, yet also... Um, do it in a logical, sensitive way. Second Timothy 2, 22, 23, 24, and 25. Uh, the Lord's servant is not quarrelsome. And so a good wife or a female companion will help you, a dear friend who is a female, will help you learn the sensitivities. I pray and I trust that they will. It would behoove you to consider that. So number one, she sees things from a woman's perspective. Number two, if it is your wife or it is a woman that you are dating and she's a godly woman, she supports you more than anyone else. For those of you who are married, God gave you and gave you your wife as your closest ally. She is to be your best of friend, the most intimate buddy, if you will. And a godly wife possesses what G.K. Chesterton called a strange and strong loyalty. She wants to see you excel and will defend you when others desert you. Her words of encouragement and affirmation will sustain you when others are silent or critical. Maybe when you get in the car, you ask her, how did things go? What did it sound like? Listen to their opinion. Trust their opinion uh, more, per se, than, than anyone else's, if they are the good godly wife that you need in this world. And then number three, uh, she can keep you humble like nobody else. You know that, fellas. As you listen to this podcast today, this Wednesday morning, uh, you know good and well that she is able to prick your heart in ways that nobody else can. You may not be sensitive to anybody else's words, but hers. This woman has lived with you. She sees a very realistic view of you and who you are. She can detect insincerity. She can detect, she can detect hypocrisy, uh, cowardice, pride, uh, exaggeration in your words better than anybody else can. I mean, your kids are a close second, but your wife, she knows you in ways that nobody else will other than the Lord. So if you have nurtured a relationship of love and of trust, she will keep you from thinking too highly of yourself, which is a command. So let's talk about asking for input. How can you get the most profit from your wife's honest feedback? For those of you who are married, uh, the way you do that is ask for it. And I realize this may seem rather obvious, but it's often overlooked. Communication is one of the biggest things that we lack within our marriages, just ask for it, and that will do so much for your wife as she respects you and she thinks so highly of you, and she is the godly wife that she is supposed to be. She's been taught how to love her husband and her children, and so she's looking for ways to show respect to you, and this is her moment. And in her love and in her sincerity, she's going to give you her best input. So ask her for it. If you want, if you want your wife, and you should, to be a part of your preaching ministry, your eldering or your deaconing or whatever it is, invite her in. Ask her, how did that look on social media? Uh, if you're in any kind of graphic or any kind of uh, website design or, or, or like GBN or Ministry League uh, or any of those things, how, how is this coming across? If you want her to be a part of it, invite her. Don't, don't wait for her to step on your toes. Tell her that you value her views and that you will commit to prayerfully weighing whatever she tells you rather than prematurely dismissing it. So when it comes to asking your wife's honest feedback, I would encourage you to ask for it both before and after. 
uh, your sermon or your counseling or your product that you're producing for the brotherhood's sake. Invite her. Invite her input before you produce. This can take the form of talking through your sermon or your work or whatever that it may be. It may be a particular passage or a scripture or having her read uh, the draft of your manuscript. Ask her to point out any parts of the message that seem unclear or, un- or, or important aspects of the text that you may be missing. Her comments will give you a sense of how the sermon, or whatever it is that you're doing in the kingdom, will impact others in the congregation. Make sure you ask her early enough in the week to have time to make you know any needed changes. Ask her input while the sermonic cement is still wet, if you will, before it hardens into its final form. Don't wait until Saturday night, or worse yet, to the drive uh, on to the church building on Sunday morning. Then, invite her input after your preaching. Not, not just before, but after. Or your message, or your class, or whatever it is that you're doing in the kingdom. Here, here's um, an important qualifier. Wait. Once you ask, Wait. That's the advice of one particular uh, homiletic teacher. Uh, he he told us to a- he would have told us to ask uh, to wait until the Thursday um, before giving honest feedback. Let it stew for four five days uh, before um, before you give an honest answer. Uh, he said if his wife critiqued him on Sunday or Monday. Uh, he said that he was he was still too emotionally vulnerable and likely to be over defensive, but by Thursday he was focused on next Sunday's message. Last Sunday's sermon was old news. By Thursday he was able to hear her comments more, uh, maybe dispassionately, and respond to them more objectively. Over the years, maybe your wife has put this wise advice into practice, where. There is a quiet drive on the way home. Maybe you've probed. Maybe you've asked, how did you think the sermon went today? Uh, Maybe they would say something along the lines of, I'll wait until Thursday. Let me think on it. Let me chew on it. Uh, Let me walk through this sermon. Because remember, not only are you the preacher for the congregation, but you are her preacher. And so she is receiving the message from God, as is everyone else. You've had a whole week to process. Let them process. So when it comes to to benefiting from your wife's input, uh, or if it's an occasion, uh, a, a friendly female. If you want to benefit from that in your preaching, one crucial factor will determine whether or not you benefit from her insights. This is it. You have to be willing to receive her comments without pouting and without some sort of punishment. Being defensive or becoming offensive when she has words of critique will shut down the process in very short order. Most most wives are, are smart enough to discern when we are asking for evaluation but only want affirmation. So we've got to learn to silence our inner lawyer and absorb her, her words even if we don't initially agree with her analysis. Maybe you're listening to this and over the years your wife has been the most consistent source of affirmation for you as a preacher. Maybe they have served as your most astute critic Maybe she's pointed out several times that you didn't adequately or accurately bring something out, or maybe it was a rebuke or a warning from a passage that, that you were preaching. Maybe maybe uh, she voiced her concern that, that you really underemphasized biblical ex- exhortations. You know, we, we maybe she read your manuscript. Maybe you talked about your point, but you were soft about it. And maybe you, you quote, let people off too easy. 
Maybe you didn't hit the gas, or maybe you hit the brakes too early. Whatever it is, maybe that critique stings a little bit to hear, but it has it, it's easier to accept coming from the most supportive listener. It's also been echoed by some trusted um, uh, preachers of old, if you will, who observe the same tendency. Uh, maybe you've got a preacher who listens to you and, and gives you critique, and, and, and I would welcome that just as much as your wife as another preacher. Listening carefully to uh, your wife's perceptions uh, will help you grow into a better preacher. You're reaching people with seed uh, in a different way. A married preacher who will not listen to his wife's compliments and critiques will be poorer for it, plain and simply. If you don't listen uh, to the feedback of your wife, or if you don't ask the feedback from the female gender in the, in the crowd, um, if you're not going to listen to that, you will, you will eventually hear it spoken publicly from the rooftops. Um, but on the other hand, if you leverage the wisdom and insights of your wife, you and your congregation will be very much richer for it. There's a preacher story uh, about a preacher who discovered a shoebox underneath his bed. And on the box, his wife had written, Please do not open. But being overcome with curiosity, he opened it anyway. And inside, he found four eggs and multiple stacks of $20 bills. And that night at dinner, he confessed that he found and he did open the box. And he could see that she was very disappointed and she was a little bit embarrassed. So he asked her to explain, and she replied, Over the years, whenever you've preached a poor sermon, um, I, I laid an egg, or, or I put an egg in the box. And so the preacher breathed you know, a sigh of relief, and he said, Well, I've been preaching for 35 years, so four eggs isn't too bad. Then he asked, But what was, the, what was with all the money? And she said, Oh, well, whenever I got a dozen eggs, I sold them. <laughs> So there was one less great preacher in the brotherhood at that moment. So preachers who listen to the honest input of their wives, for elders who listen to the honest input, or they take their wives with them on a visit, and they, they seek the counsel of good, wise, godly women. If they listen to that, uh, back to the thought of being on a Thursday, they're much less likely to, to lay eggs on Sundays. If what we hear from our wives can help us get ready for Sundays. Um, so can what we do on a Saturday night be mo the most meaningful? M making the most of Saturday night, meaning the, the conversation had from the female perspective, God's female, the godly woman, that is. That can be another way to strengthen our souls and to proclaim God's word. You need an ally. In what you're doing. There are a lot of times as a preacher you will feel uh, isolated or as an elder or deacon, as a Bible class teacher, or somebody who is in a role of ministry somewhere doing something. You can often feel isolated. The devil does a wonderful job in isolating us and making us feel as though we're isolated. But may we always remember, as we consider the purification of our hearts and taking proactive steps in our ministry, uh, when, when we're thinking about guarding our hearts uh, and God promises us that he will do that, that he will guard and strengthen our heart in Christ Jesus. But I've got to keep my heart with all vigilance because from it flows the springs of life, Proverbs 4.27. So I've got to keep it, and I've got to keep it proactively. Keeping it proactively by asking my wife, asking your wife, asking a wife or a female perspective will go a long way when it comes to your service in the kingdom of God.
And that's what this podcast is about, edification, for your uplifting, uh, for your ministering, um, for your your edification. That's what we want to do here. Uh, so God bless you in your preaching, in your shepherding, in your serving, uh, in your ministry, whatever that may be. Uh, may God be with you all.